The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello and welcome to Well Seekers, where we are helping you rise and come back to find your story of wellness in a holistic way from the mind down. I'm Lucia and I am so honored to be with you continuing this series on rising and coming back from addiction, either from your own addiction and substance use disorder, or maybe you have a loved one who's struggling. If you've been with us for the last few series, you know we've talked about pathways to treatment, we've talked about family, we've talked about relationships, and today we're going to dive more into a holistic approach of nutrition and its relationship and connection to recovery from substance use disorder. If you listen to the show, you know that I am a big proponent of using nutrition as a tool for recovery from many diseases. I suffer from autoimmune disease, and it's been a main component of my treatment. We always say, you know, mind body, right? And I always tell my clients, I've said it on the show before, but your mind is part of your body. For some reason, society has separated the two, but your mind is obviously inside your body. So what's going on in your mind is going to affect things like your gut, how you're feeling, and it works vice versa too. So what we're consuming is going to affect how you're feeling mentally, your mental health and different aspects in that way as well. The connection between alcohol recovery and food is pretty strong. Um, Oftentimes when people abuse alcohol or drugs, they may consume less food. The foods that they choose may be less nutritious. You may skip meals. Um, You may only be drinking or using drugs, right? You may have um, increased the speed that your body uses up energy. You could have increased loss of nutrients. You may have damage to your gut so that the nutrients in food weren't absorbed properly. There's a lot of things that can happen um, when you suffer from alcohol abuse um, or drug abuse. So making sure we talk about nutrition is absolutely a key part of the pathway to recovery. We are going to have a very special guest on. Her name is Kelly Miller, and Kelly works in the precise area of um, including nutrition in people's pathways of recovery towards recovery. Um, I also just want to stress that if you are somebody who has a loved one in recovery right now, the chances are you may have been under a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, Maybe you have someone who's struggling and still trying to find their way to recovery and your diet and nutrition may be affected as well. So even if you're not somebody who's in recovery, not someone who's struggling, maybe you have a loved one, this show is for you too, because the role of nutrition is just as key and important. Um, I'm sure Kelly is going to dive into this, but so much of serotonin levels, that hormone that helps with relaxation in our brain um, has to do with food. Uh, things like deficiencies in, in B-complex vitamins can affect different aspects of our health. So there's so much that goes into why nutrition is important, specifically in the process of substance use disorders and recovery. Um, and we're going to unpack it all, talk about it all. And Kelly has this really unique approach too that she's created to help people get back um, to where they need to be, or maybe they were never there at all and just need a pathway there um, to make sure that nutrition is part of their equation. So stick with us. We'll be right back with Kelly Miller to talk about nutrition and its role in recovery. We'll be right back on Well Seekers. 
Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless, and with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data, coast-to-coast -coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico, plus text and data in over 210 countries worldwide, all with the best phones or bring your own that's pretty awesome get the best user experience on mobile at pulsecellular.com you're listening to well seekers a show where the journey is just as important as the destination welcome back to well seekers and we are so excited to have this week's guest kelly miller Kelly is a nutritional therapist and CCAR certified recovery coach who specializes in nutrition for addiction recovery. After years of struggling with food addiction and alcohol dependency, she launched a virtual nutrition practice that aims to serve both individuals in recovery as well as treatment centers and their providers. Kelly developed the PAUSE protocol, which we're going to talk about um, and I'm fascinated by, a set of nutritional strategies designed to meet the unique needs of individuals in recovery that help improve mood, reduce cravings, and prevent relapse. Kelly Miller, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Kelly, you're obviously very passionate about the field um, of recovery, right? Addiction recovery. And I know that you have a personal tie to the field, obviously a rich professional background as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your story as much as you're willing to share and how and why you did get involved? Sure, absolutely. So I, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to work with people in addiction recovery. I had family members, uh, namely my older brother who struggled with addiction. And actually he was in a rehab facility that one of these TV shows like Dateline or something did like a 60 minute special on, um, and this was back in the eighties. And I had that, that episode on VHS tape and I would watch it all the time because my brother actually passed away from leukemia not long after he was in rehab. But I would watch that VHS tape because you could see my brother um, in the, the rehab facility on the television. And the interesting thing about it was is that I had experienced what it was like to love somebody with addiction, but through that tape, um, which was a program for teenagers, you would see these kids and hear these stories and just how addiction had kind of ravaged their, their lives at such a young age. And something just lit on fire in me from that super young age of like six or seven. And that's when I knew like, I'm, I'm gonna help those people one day. But as life would have it, you know, I got older, I, tr I tried to dabble in a few things here and there, but my life kind of went in a different direction. Um, I ended up going to college for a little while, kind of struggling with figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, and then eventually stayed home as a mom and raised my kids for a long time. Um, but through those years, starting in my younger teenage years, I really started to struggle with addiction issues myself. Um, and it really started with the passing of my brother. I, you know, I was so young when he was being treated for leukemia, um, um, and it was difficult to understand and the emotional temperature in our home was difficult. And so I, I started to turn to food. You know, that was the first thing for me. So it was really mainly chocolate, um, but a lot of sweets and anything made of bread. I didn't know it at the time, but those things just made me feel better. You know, they just brought me some level of comfort. 
And that really set a pathway for me that went for the rest of my life. Um, you know, in my early teen years, I started smoking cigarettes. I started smoking marijuana. I started drinking alcohol um, in my really early teen years. And I do think that those things were somewhat linked with my food issues that was all sort of intertwined. And as I got older, um, I gave up the marijuana pretty quickly, but I struggled with um, quitting smoking. I basically wanted to quit. Probably by the time I graduated high school, I started to realize, oh, I'm, you know, I'm becoming a grown up now and I really don't want to have health issues and I should probably quit. Um, but I could, I never, I never could quit. I could never figure out how to do it. Um, I would set goals all the time. I'm going to quit tomorrow. I'm going to quit today. Um, and I would never make it even a full day. Um, unless I had like the flu or bronchitis, I might skip a day or two, but I can remember even smoking while having bronchitis because I was just so heavily addicted to nicotine. And I experimented with alcohol quite a bit in high school, but then as a grown up, after, you know, the partying kind of winded down, I realized that alcohol could help me with stress. And I don't like, again, I don't know if it was a cognitive thought, but I just really started to switch from that young party girl into being a wife and being a mother and using wine in the evenings to really wind down. And so I never, I don't identify as an alcoholic and it's not something that I've ever really um, considered myself to be, but I definitely struggled with alcohol dependency in the form of using alcohol and mostly wine to just cope with motherhood. Um, and I would go through these periods of, you know, okay, I probably need to take a break from this. You know, like I've been drinking a couple glasses of wine a night for a couple weeks now. Maybe I should take a week off or maybe I should do like a dry January. Um, and I could often do that, but I would always get sucked right back in. You know, I would tell myself I need to change my relationship with alcohol and not feel dependent on it. I want it to be more of a choice and have freedom in that choice but it just always would suck me back in. I'd, I'd buy a bottle, I would drink it. And then even though I would be like, I'm not going to drink the rest of the week, it would just creep right back in there, you know, five o'clock after, after work and we're doing dinner, I'm pouring another glass of wine. Um, and so I started to realize that it was a problem for me. But I'll tell you that the crux of all of this was when I was in my early 30s, I ended up being diagnosed with chronic um, autoimmune conditions. It started with my thyroid and then it moved to fibromyalgia and then eventually endometriosis. And that was the pain point for me. I was really sick. I really struggled to get out of bed most days. My kids were very small at the time um, and it had a tremendous impact on the quality of my life. And it was that that led me to the world of nutrition. And so I started researching, you know, what can I do? Because doctors were basically, there's nothing you can do. You know, you might be able to take some medications, but this is going to be a lifelong chronic thing. And that was not acceptable to me. So I just read a lot of testimonies from individuals who had the same experience. Conventional medicine sort of turned them away and said, we can't do much for you. Um, and they went down the path of, of wellness and holistic health and, and nutrition. And so I followed that same path. And not to get into too much detail, but I found tremendous healing from that. And with that came a mood stabilization that I had never experienced in my life. I've always been kind of a moody person, and I really never made the connection that cigarettes and alcohol were really contributing to my moodiness. Um, but I found this huge just life stabilizing thing from changing my nutrition. And it actually led me to finally quitting smoking after 20 years of being mostly a chain smoker. I would say I was a chain smoker for at least 
10 years of that. And then once I had my kids, you know, I tried to never smoke around them and just smoke in the evenings and that sort of thing. Um, but 20 years of being completely addicted to nicotine and I was able to give it up rather easily. Um, and then the next thing was alcohol. You know, I just started to analyze that relationship and with the mood stabilization that came along with changing my nutrition, that allowed me to very easily give up alcohol as well. And so that led me to figuring out how can I help other people do this? And so I sought out the training. I sought out the education. Um, I had this really rich lived experience and I wanted to translate that into, you know, what is the science? What is the connection here? And I found that there are some people doing this. It's not, it's not a ton. Um, but there were a few people out there that were doing this as a business and people that were willing to train others. And so I pursued that and became a nutritional therapist and a recovery coach. And that's what my business is now. So I basically help people in recovery from addiction, learn how to use nutrition to stabilize their mood um, and to specifically help them with the symptoms of PAWS, which stands for post-acute withdrawal syndrome. It's P-A-W-S. So much in there. Um, first of all, I'm so sorry for the loss of your brother. Um, I've actually Thank lost you. my brother too. It's a special relationship. I always say it's your new normal after they're gone, right? Right. Um, right. For the loss of your brother. It sounds like quite a journey. And I personally relate. And I know that a lot of people listening to the show probably will personally relate to some aspect of it. And also have autoimmune. So on so many levels, I personally relate to what what you talked about and shared. If we look at it, we'll have to have you come back and talk about autoimmune because I've done a whole series on it. It's fascinating to me yeah. how much is actually tried, tied to nutrition, stress reduction, right? Um, oh, absolutely. But from a mental health perspective, it's not a coincidence that food, alcohol, right? Um, some of these things that raise dopamine in our brains, people become addicted to, right? Looking for that sort of high and then getting addicted to the high. And then it's, you're repeating that, right? To feel that. Right. Absolutely. Way from a chemical perspective, um, mm -hmm. from what you do, right? The nutritional perspective obviously contributes. And I think people don't make that leap, right? That what I'm putting in my body is going to affect how my brain, which is part of my body is going to work. Right. And process things. Um, right. Not to say that this is, if you struggle with addiction or you are an alcoholic, there's pathways to recovery, right? Many pathways to recovery. And this seems like an incredible support tool on your road to recovery. Is that how you would, how, it, how you would phrase it too? Yes, I absolutely would. Um, you know, we traditionally use what's called the biopsychosocial model um, yeah. to treat addiction. Addiction is complicated and it's multi-layered. Um, I'm a big fan of all pathways. I think you have to do whatever it takes. But using nutrition is definitely um, a, a huge overlooked tool. I recently read a statistic that in the United States, only about 7% of treatment facilities are using any sort of nutritionist or nutrition program in their program to treat addiction, which I think is um, ridiculously low. But I also think that the times are changing, especially with how big social media is now. It's easier to get these messages out. And I do think that people are starting to look at this um, more closely. But most people would not make the connection at all. You know, if you go to it and I'm just being super general here, but if you go to an AA meeting or something like that, oftentimes it's 
you know, candy, donuts, coffee, and multiple smoke breaks, right? And that's just the way it's always been. And most people, including myself for a long time, just had no idea really that there was any connection between what you're putting in your body and really the health of your brain. And those those neurohormones, those neurotransmitters, these really important chemicals um, that dictate how we feel from one moment to the next. You know, we have over a hundred different neurotransmitters, but there's four in particular that we consider the mood regulating neurotransmitters and that's serotonin, dopamine, GABA, and the endorphins. And those are the exact substances that drugs and alcohol affect. And so when you look at it from that perspective, how you're really manipulating your brain chemistry with those substances. You know, I think it's really important to make that connection between that and your mood, especially I think if you're somebody like me um, that maybe feels like you fall on the addiction spectrum, but maybe on the lower side where, you you know, you didn't have the big, um, you know, you didn't have the big loss. You didn't hit the big rock bottom. You didn't lose a job or a relationship. It's just that insidious you know, thing that's in your life and you can kind of see it in different areas, you know, between wine and um, yeah. Amazon Prime and stuff like that. Almost um, more of like, it, with your drinking, it sounded like it was a tool for coping, but maybe hadn't crossed into alcoholism, right? That's right. Yeah. And I, yes. And I think some would argue what, you know, exactly where those points are on the spectrum, but I think it's pretty wide, you know? Yeah. I think from a criteria, I mean, I'm a licensed mental health professional as well from a criteria purpose, right? When that's part of what this series is about, um, we had someone come on and talk about, and if you haven't heard, I suggest going back and listening (laughs) to the show, but um, talking about what is the criteria for addiction, right? To be diagnosed with a substance use disorder, right? Versus. Right. um, Absolutely. Just having more of using it as a coping tool because there is a difference in a differentiator but the one thing that it feels like is for sure is that nutrition can aid regardless of if you're using it for a coping tool or if you actually have a dsm-5 diagnosable criteria for substance abuse disorder right so nutrition absolutely a role in it i think it plays a huge role Talk to us about the pause protocol. Um, and I love, I know that it, I love the word pause because when you are trying to give up um, an addiction or an unhealthy coping tool, right? One that is not, that is causing you challenges. Pausing is one of the first things that people tell you to do. Um, and even though it's spelled differently, I love that it is pause protocol. It's P-A-W-S, obviously, not P-A-U-S-E, but about the protocol um, and how you developed it. You know, in the training that I received, it was kind of some really loose guidelines for how you should eat and what the science is behind it in terms of, uh, you know, eating for recovery. Um, But it was more focused on something called amino acid therapy. Um, And so I took this education and I sort of just felt like there was a missing piece um, and that we were focusing a ton on the amino acid therapy, which which is actually a really important piece, but not enough on the nutritional side. And so that's where I decided I need to I need to grow this and I need to develop this and I need to really dig into the research. Um, and so, right, pause, P-A-W-S, it, it's basically this, it's just a catch-all term that the medical community uses to describe those symptoms that happen in that first one to two years of recovery. And my pet peeve with it is that it's, it's really overlooked. Um, 
And so you'll hear people sort of mention it sometimes. I've spoken with a number of people in the mental health industry that are like, yeah, you know, I've heard of it, but people don't really necessarily know what it is. But if you're in recovery, it is very real to you because you're experiencing it on a day-to-day basis. And it really, really impacts your life. You know, it's basically a cluster of symptoms like anxiety, depression, insomnia, low energy, low libido. Um, You know, it's all of these things that take place in that first one to two years while your brain chemistry is rebalancing itself. Um, And so it's a very real experience and it has a direct connection with what you put in your body. And I'll tell you that this biopsychosocial model that we use, primarily the bio piece, which is the biological aspect, is really only treated with pharmaceuticals. Um, You know, so, okay, I come into the office, I have anxiety, I have depression. You know, they start handing out different medications for those issues. And I, you know, I am a firm believer that medication has its place. Um, But the problem thing, I think, is, is that that's where people just stop. They don't think beyond that. Um, And there's so many biological factors that can be addressed with nutrition. And I'll just give you an example of the foundation of the PAUSE protocol, um, which is protein. So uh, the PAUSE protocol is sort of a number of strategies that look at things like protein, um, fat and fiber and sodium and sugar intake. um, And it, it and it plays, it has this huge aspect of learning how to manage your blood sugar. Um, and I can go into that in a little bit. But just coming back to protein, most people don't know why do we eat protein? Well, protein actually is um, the Greek word. Um, it means primary. That is supposed to be our primary macro um, for a really simple reason. The far majority of our body is made of protein. Our hair, our skin, our nails, liver cells, all those things are made from protein. But those neurohormones that I mentioned earlier, the serotonin, GABA, endorphins, and dopamine are also made from protein. So when we eat protein, our body goes through a digestive process to break it down into these individual molecules called amino acids. And amino acids, they configure all the proteins of our body. So there's 20 different amino acids and, you know, they have millions of different combinations. So one combination is used for your hair and one combination is used to make a liver cell and et cetera, et cetera. Um, But those neurohormones I was talking about, two of them, serotonin and dopamine, are just made from individual amino acids. So serotonin is made from tryptophan and dopamine is made from phenylalanine or tyrosine. And if you are not eating a diet that is both rich in protein, so you can get access to those amino acids, or your body is not functioning correctly, like your digestive system is not working great, you don't have enough digestive enzymes or hydrochloric acid, which is the acid in your stomach that helps you to break down protein, or you're dealing with excessive inflammation, all of those things can interrupt the process of using the protein that you eat, isolating those amino acids, and making those neurohormones. And if you look at the research, malnutrition specifically being deficient in protein is a huge problem for people in recovery uh, because they're just not focused on a healthy diet when they're suffering from addiction it's not a priority Um, the foods that they're drawn to are things that are maybe more sweet or carby and not necessarily protein but oftentimes it's just a digestive issue too Um, you know their digestive processes are not optimal. So that's really the foundation of the program because when you eat protein, you have the building blocks now to manufacture the serotonin and the dopamine that you need to feel good 
to get through your day, to feel content and have a satisfaction with life, to have self-confidence, to be able to feel motivated, um, to be able to focus. You know, those hormones play a huge role in how we operate from day to day. Um, and so that's just one piece of the pause protocol, but it is the foundation of it as well. So when I work with clients, that's the first thing that we address. You know, where are you getting your protein from? Are you getting enough protein? Let's start working on that. Um, and then we also uh, pair it with the amino acid therapy, which is basically taking those amino acids in supplement form and sort of targeting which ones do you need support in the most and creating a very targeted and customized supplement protocol um, to help boost those neurohormones and just really support your body through that recovery process. Can you share some of the two things, right? This the success stories um, and ways that you've seen people change. And then for those that are listening and, and want to hear more, I also want to make sure we get to how they can find out more about pause protocol um, I, for sure so that they can implement it. Or I know you have programs, Kelly. Um, so I want to talk about that as well. But some of the actual stories you've seen, right, in clients that you've worked with, how this has shifted things for them on their journey? You know, there's a lot of convoluted information out there for people that are in recovery. And I would say their primary source is just Googling, right? Like they, okay, I'm in recovery. I know nutrition is a piece of this. You know, what do I do? And so they just start Googling and they come up with so many blog posts and so many articles written by people that don't know what they're talking about. Um, and they come back with information that says, okay, the internet told me I should be vegan. The internet told me I should do keto. The internet told me I should try fasting. Um, and so they, they shouldn't be doing Yeah. And, and all of those, um, all of those diets and lifestyles have therapeutic benefit for the right individual. But I'll tell you hands down for most people in recovery, they are not a good fit. And like we could literally do a whole nother podcast on why. So I won't go into that, but I will say that it gets very confusing. And so a lot of people come to me with kind of that story of like, I know this is a piece, but I don't know where to start because I don't know what, you know, what I should be doing. Um, and so I start working with them. We do the nutritional strategies, a lot of balancing blood sugar, working with the amino acid supplements. And oftentimes I hear the same story, like, oh my gosh, this was the missing piece for me. Like this was the missing link. I've worked with individuals who have been in recovery for a long time, like, you know, even a decade or two, but they still struggled with cravings and they could never quite figure out why after 10 or 20 years, there were still white knuckling through cravings um, for alcohol or other substances. And when they implemented these tools, they will tell you often in the first week, they are craving free. And it's really, it's just simple. It's really about identifying the underlying biochemical root causes of what their cravings are and figuring out and isolating what those pieces are. What are they missing in their diet? What needs to be slightly manipulated, you know, added or reduced to bring balance or homeostasis to their body and their brain chemistry. And it's remarkable how fast these things work. I have so many clients that in the first week will tell me, I haven't slept in years and I finally slept through the night. You know, I have been tired my whole life and I finally have energy. Um, or, you know, just going back to the cravings aspect, because I think cravings is a big deal. You know, if you're in recovery, you want to feel like, 
you want to feel like I'm recovered and I can move on with my life. And in some aspects, you sort of always have to work on your recovery and different pieces of it. But to be held back by incessant cravings can be crippling. And so the freedom that people find by really identifying those biochemical factors, addressing them, and using these tools to find freedom from cravings is really remarkable. Um, And I would say that's probably the number one best benefit for most of the people that I work with. The impact of that benefit for someone that is going through that is, there's no words for it truly, right? Because it could Absolutely. be it could be what helps them get over the hump to maintain their sobriety. Kelly, if people want to find out more, can you just tell us a little bit about I know that you have a program online, the delivery methods and how they can find out more about you and the pause protocol. Sure. So my business has primarily been kind of uh, two different departments. One is working with people individually or in a group format, and the other is working with professionals, um, other therapists or clinicians that work in mental health or addiction recovery, uh, uh, helping them learn how to implement these uh, nutritional strategies into their programming or their treatment plans or just developing a nutrition program um, for their center. So I have recently found that I have two very different businesses. And so I'm actually splitting them into two. So right now, my primary presence online is um, under the title of the addiction nutritionist. So if you were to go to Instagram, um, you would find me there as the addiction nutritionist. I am on Facebook, but I'm not very, um, I'm not very interactive with that piece, but I do have a page. The easiest way to get in touch with me would be to email me at kelly at the addictionnutritionist.com. But that business is going to sort of pivot and primarily start to just serve treatment professionals and clinicians um, with those programs that are aimed at helping them to implement um, these protocols into their system. I've just recently launched a new virtual practice and that one is called Warrior Wellness Group. Um, And so there's not much of an online presence for that, but you can still reach me at all of those same places. Um, So if you were to go to Instagram, it would be warriorwellness.group. And that virtual practice is going to be a number of individuals. It'll be myself and some recovery coaches and personal trainers. And we're all going to together um, help serve the community that is suffering from addiction, ADD or ADHD, mental health, and brain health. Um, So it'll be a little bit expanded. It'll still be primarily addiction, but also to include people um, dealing with ADD, mental health, and others that just want to learn how to help their brain, um, you know, prevent cognitive decline, um, and just, you know, have some concerns about their general brain health. And so that will be the new business that will primarily serve individuals. I love that you're incorporating exercise too, right, as well, because that is another piece of the puzzle, especially when it comes to mental health. You said when you were talking about the protocol that it is so specific sometimes, right, even though there's general guidelines. And that's one of the reasons why just Googling on the internet, um, you may not find the right thing for you. Um, But Mm -hmm. if there is someone that's listening and maybe isn't for one reason or another able to actually go through the protocol. Is there a starting point, a book, um, a little nugget, anything that you would suggest as a starting point for someone interested in, in exploring nutrition more? Um, I will say that I I will have a book coming out um, January of next year. So that is a little bit far off, but um, it will be called the pause protocol and it is 
designed to be a step-by-step um, handbook for anybody in recovery. So they'll be able, you know, if they can't afford the program, they'll be able to read the book and figure out how to implement um, the protocol on their own completely. But I will leave you with this nugget. When we talk about meal building, primarily you want to eat three times a day, so three meals a day and two snacks. And of course, these are very general. Um, But the point is you want to eat continuously throughout the day because balancing your blood sugar is a huge relapse prevention tool. Um, So without going too much into that, I would say aiming for three meals and two snacks a day. And then you want to build those meals and those snacks around what we call the PFF model. And PFF stands for protein, fat, and fiber. So if you're able to kind of, you know, if if you're like, I don't even know what fiber is, you know, we don't have time to go into it today, but just Google, um, you know, fiber sources, preferably non-starchy sources. Um, So that's going to be primarily vegetables, primarily non-starchy vegetables. You can get fiber, um, you know, from starchy vegetables and grains and that sort of thing. But when we're talking about this particular program, it focuses pretty heavily on non-starchy vegetables. Um, Again, it ties back to the blood sugar issue. So building your meals and snacks around PFF, protein, fat, and fiber, um, and not, you know, not worrying about percentages or calories or any of those things. Um, but just making sure that's on your plate. You've got some protein, you've got some healthy fats, and you've got some healthy non-starchy fiber. That is um, the, you know, that's the method that we use to help people understand how to build their meals. And there's numerous reasons behind that, um, but that's kind of the little nugget that I would give you. And if you go to my website, which is www.theaddictionnutritionist.com, I actually have some free downloads there. So you just pop in your name and your email address, and you'll have access to an infographic that has all the foods on the pause protocol, and it, it divvies them out. So you'll see what's in the protein column, what's in the fat column, what are some fiber sources. You know, there's a few other categories on there. Um, and there's a few additional handouts there that um, would be really helpful too. Um, and that's free. So remembering PFS, going and getting those free downloads, you can, you know, sign up for my newsletter as well. Um, and then just, you know, reaching out anytime on social media too. I don't mind people asking me questions and I'm more than happy um, to help lead people in the right direction too. Kelly, Thank you so much for your time, Kelly Miller, nutritional therapist and CCAR certified recovery coach. You can find her on social media at the Addiction Nutritionist and at wellnesswarriors.group. Kelly, any other place that they can find you? I know you gave your website and we'll have all your links below as well. Um, right now, it's just primarily going to be the website, primarily Instagram in terms of social media. Um, and, you know, and utilizing that email address for any kind of follow-up questions. I'm happy to answer people's questions anytime. So those would be the primary places. And there are a few additional podcast interviews and that sort of thing on my website if people wanted to hear me talk about other things. Kelly, thank you for your expertise and even just this foundational knowledge. Because like we said when we started, I just don't think people make that leap to how important nutrition is in the road of recovery, right, when it comes to addiction. So um, thank you for the work you do. Thank you for your knowledge and excited to see your book and your new venture. We will follow it. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share this information because I agree with you completely. I think it's underutilized, it's overlooked, and it's time to end that and just to get the message out there so people understand the really important connection. Absolutely. Hopefully we have helped contribute to that today. Um, and we will be right back on Wellness. 
After a long day, taking time to love yourself and your friends and your family more well can be a challenge. We're so burnt out and exhausted and stressed from working so hard during the day, we forget to love the people and the places and the things that are important to us. Well, Lucia Knight is here to help. We're gonna be a retreat and a treat for your day. A place to laugh, to connect, and to learn to love yourself and others more well. We're gonna talk about relationships, ways to sleep better. We'll have expert guests, personal stories, maybe even a musical guest or two. We'll share behind the scenes into my own life as well, my friends, my family, and of course, my relationships. So close the door on your day and light up your night with Lucia at night. Also, make sure to check out more at wellseekers.com for simple and real life ways to bring wellness home. I'll see you tonight on Lucia at Night. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Well Seekers, and thanks again so much to our guest, Kelly Miller, for her expertise and knowledge um, and sharing so much with us today on Well Seekers. Before we let you go, it's time for this week's Lucia's List. So in the spirit of recovery and self-care, last week we talked about self-care mainly for people that are caregivers. Today I want to talk about self-care to include on your road to recovery. We're obviously, I I like to think of Well Seekers as a show and a self-care company um, because we promote self-care and tools for self-care so much. Um, So I wanted to share with you my top five tools for self-care that I use. All of these tools, again, not getting no endorsements, um, just my own personal experience with them. Um, and we have the links. You can get them all um, on wellseekers.com. If you click on the featured tools, we have tons of tools. So if the top five I named today are ones you like, I so encourage you to go to wellseekers.com and to click on the featured tools because we have lists and pages um, of tools that you can use on your pathway to recovery. Number one on um, my Lucia's list for this week are these really awesome color yourself calm postcards. So the reason that these are on my list are for a few reasons. One is we all, you may have heard by now that coloring is a form of meditation, right? So it's an adult coloring tool. Um, These specific cards, the color yourself calm postcards have words of inspiration. So not only are you coloring, you also have that affirmation, like your daily life is a treasure, guard it carefully as something to look at while you're coloring. And also um, it's a postcard. So if you don't want it, you can mail it to somebody. Um, So that's my, my number five for the week. Number four are in the spirit of the same, these inspiring motivational cards. You don't even need to get these. The ones that I love have different messages like be brilliant, say yes to new adventures, never stop looking up, no rain, no flowers. I love those, but um, you can also make your own. And again, in the spirit of giving it away, right? Thinking of other people in your life, maybe writing to somebody who's helped you on your path to recovery, a thank you letter, right? Just something that gets you outside of yourself um, and also is a fun, creative project. Number three, 
my head scalp massager. I love this head scalp massager. Everyone loves a good head rub. If you don't have someone to rub your head or you can even use it on your partner, mine is literally next to my bed. I use it most nights. There's lots of varieties of head scalp massagers. Um, again, if on Wall Seekers, I have a link to one that you can just easily grab um, and it's really affordable, but absolutely is part of my self-care is massage tools. Number two, I love this tea. It's really unique. It's called glow tea and they're, they're tea sprinkles. So sometimes I'm so impatient and I know that, um, patience is something that I need to work on. It's one of the things that I work on. Um, but these glow tea sprinkles, instead of having to steep the tea with the tea bag, it's literally what they sound like, right? You just sprinkle the tea into hot or cold water and your tea is done like that. So if you're anything like me, um, if you want self-care quick and you love tea, but you hate the process of brewing, these glow tea sprinkles, awesome. And my number one self-care tool for this week are these life-happy self-sticky notes. I post them at different places. They're on my desk right now in front of me. I have them on my computer. They say all different things like be an inspiration, be fearless today. Thank you for being you. Just little reminders that I like to put around me to um, keep me inspired to keep me on my own daily routine. And to me, it's just that words of affirmation, telling yourself those positive stories, positive words that help in my own self-care journey. So if you're struggling um, on your road to recovery if or have a loved one, I know we specifically talked about self-care for caretakers last week, but you can use these tools too. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Again, we know you have so many places you can spend your time. And I truly believe time is your most precious resource. So the fact that you took it today to spend it with us, we are so grateful for, we're grateful to have you connected with us and part of our family. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's an inspiration to watch each of you that participate on social, who email us, who reach out. Um, we love being a part of your story and a part of your journey. So thank you for letting us walk with you along this road. If you want to stay connected, make sure to find us on Instagram at Wellseekers. You can find me at Lucia Naz, N-A-Z-Z. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wellseekers. From all of us here, thanks so much for being a part of our family. And we'll see you next time on Wellseekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.